This morning, uh, we're going to move forward with this uh, brief series that I've entitled, How to Change Your World. Now, in my first message that I gave you before I left on my trip, uh, I shared kind of an introduction and overview of what we're going to be looking at. And because it's been a couple of weeks since I shared that message, I want to take a few minutes this morning here in the beginning to kind of recap uh, the central ideas of that message and, and set the stage for these uh, next three messages. So if you would, go with, to the Father with me in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning desiring to be like you, to live as you have called us to live, to do what you've called us to do. And Father, as we consider this morning loving our neighbor, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, challenge us, motivate us, encourage us, that we might indeed, as you have loved us, love others. Be with us now as we study together. May it honor you and may it draw us to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, a little recap from last week. How to change your world. And again, by world, uh, I'm talking about your, your mental and emotional response and outlook in terms of the people that you deal with in life. And as you'll remember, I kind of gave you a list of some of the kinds of people we may have dealt with and may deal with in the future. Uh, people who are unkind, people who are mean-spirited, perhaps hateful, uh, people who are cruel, people who are self-centered, uh, people who are thoughtless, people who are strange, different, weird, people who are not only non-believers, but maybe hostile to your faith. People who are lazy, not willing to work, who intentionally live off the system. Uh, people who are politically opposed to what you believe. People who practice a religion different than Christianity. People whose belief system is at odds with your own when it comes to understanding the Bible. People who are criminals. People whose ethnic background is different than yours. People who are hypocritical. People who are liars, cheaters. People whose morals are degenerate. People whose language is consistently filled with vulgarity. People who are addicted to drugs or alcohol. People who are arrogant, condescending. People who are dirt poor or maybe extremely wealthy. People who are abusive. And maybe some of the people on this list are your neighbors or co-workers. They might even be family. Total strangers. Maybe even members of the church. 
how you deal with these people, mentally and emotionally, how do you deal with them? That will be the world that you live in because that will be what is spinning around in your mind. And how you deal with them and how it's affecting you emotionally and mentally will also impact, impact rather how you deal with the people you care about. And maybe in general your outlook on life. I also pointed out that I wasn't suggesting that God is not concerned about how other people act or what they do or what they don't do. But what we need to understand and why we need to consider changing our world is because God is concerned about how we act and what we do and what we don't do. Because how we act and what we do and what we don't do, that's the world we live in. And that's the world which should be committed to the will of God. So as we shall see in these messages, if we will change our world so that we are living in the will of God, this is what will happen. We will no longer be in turmoil over the people that we deal with. We will respond to them differently. And no, we may not like what we see in others, and yes, how they act and what they do or don't do may store or stir emotional feelings, hurt, sadness, even anger. But if our world has been changed, those feelings will not govern how we respond to those people or how we look at life in general we will not be controlled by those feelings. And the way we will not be controlled by those feelings is by using the key that changes our world. So what is that key that changes our world and puts us in the will of God? The key is love. Reading again from Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind, that is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. We change our world when we love as God has loved us. 
And God's love is not about feelings. Now, when we, in our humanity, think about love, we typically associate feelings. Remember I pointed out John 3.16, that we all know by heart. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That word so, for God so loved the world, that word does not mean quantity. It's not about how much God loves us. It's how God loved us. God so loved us. This is how he loved us. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God's love for us is not about feelings. It's about action. It's about what he did and what he does for us. So then, if we want to change our world, if we want to change how we deal mentally, emotionally with people, we need to learn to love as God has loved us. Not with feelings, but with action. It's not about what I feel, it's about what I do. So the rest of the message today is going to deal with loving your neighbor. And next week, we will deal with loving your enemies. And then the last message will deal with loving other believers, which may sound like a given, but as we will see, it's not. So let's turn then to the question of how are we to love our neighbor? Now let's begin by turning to Luke chapter 10. Beginning of verse 25. And a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, meaning Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And then, of course, Jesus goes on with the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritan who is on a trip and gets attacked by robbers and left to die. So Jesus basically turned the question on its head and illustrated that the only thing that fits in a pigeonhole is a pigeon. Now, think about this. If Jesus had just described three people who were going to pass by and then asked the lawyer which one he thought was the neighbor, I kind of doubt... Well, I know, I doubt. The lawyer would have said the Samaritan. Why? Because the Jews hated the Samaritans. 
They were intermarried with non-Jews. They worshipped false gods. In short, he would have put him in a pigeonhole. But before we uh, cast judgment on the lawyer, we might want to consider our own take on people. Do we pigeonhole people? Do we make judgments about them on the way they look, the way they dress, the way they talk, the way they act? Just a moment, I'm going to show you a couple of pictures. Now, this first one, I want you to imagine that uh, you're taking your child to the library. And when you get to the library, there's this man there. And he's sitting at a table, and he's making notes, and he's looking around, and he sees you, and he sees your child, and he goes back to making notes. And uh, you kind of feel uncomfortable, so you get up and leave, and you come back the next day, and he's there again. Here's a picture of that man. Now, I don't want you to tell me, but just looking at that picture, what are the kind of thoughts that you have about that man? I'm going to show you a second picture. Uh, and imagine this time you come in on Sunday morning and this person is uh, sitting down front all by themselves. You don't know this person, but here they are in church sitting there by themselves. What are your thoughts? Now again, you, I don't want you to tell me, but what are your thoughts? It's in our nature to see people and have initial feelings, initial thoughts, which may or may not have anything to do with the reality of that person. That first picture, that was Edgar Allan Poe. The second picture, that was a young Mother Teresa. The truth is, we typically do have initial thoughts about people based on how they look, how they dress, how they act, what they're doing. And you know what? For the most part, we can't help it. <laughs> We're kind of wired that way. But the problem comes when we let our take on people determine how we're going to deal with them. When we let our feelings about them take control and cause us 
to put them in a pigeonhole. And depending on which pigeonhole we have assigned to them, we will deal with them accordingly. Maybe we will just totally ignore them. Maybe we will make fun of them. Maybe we'll just write them off as not worthy of our attention. Maybe we will condemn them and send them to hell in our own minds. Maybe, maybe we'll patronize them, but not really care. And maybe we will pretend to like them so as to make ourselves look good in the eyes of other people. Jesus said, we are to love our neighbor. And you know, he did not attach any conditions to that. He did not say, love your neighbor if you like them. Love your neighbor if they dress right. Love your neighbor if they don't have any tattoos. Love your neighbor if they use decent language. Love your neighbor if they go to the same brand of church that you do. Love your neighbor if they're nice to you and treat you right. Love your neighbor if their lifestyle is acceptable to you. Love your neighbor if they're willing to work instead of begging off of others. Love your neighbor if they're good, upstanding citizens and don't break the law. Love your neighbor if they're not needy. Jesus, of course, put none of those conditions on loving your neighbor. And we could go on and on with the ifs. But the simple truth is, if we want to change our world and not live in emotional and mental turmoil over dealing with the people we have to deal with in life. We need to learn to love them as God loves them. How does God love us? Not with feelings, but with action. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, which we have made a reference to on numerous occasions in other sermons. And I want to read this to you again. It's kind of a long passage, but we need to hear it again. It's found in Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate them one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed of My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. 
I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brethren of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. And then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Love is not what you feel. Love is what you do. We cannot help our emotional feelings toward people. We are emotional creatures. But we cannot let our emotional feelings define our love. Regardless of how we might feel about someone, we are to act in love toward them. And you know what? The more we act in love toward people, the less our negative feelings will cause turmoil in our lives. Our loving actions toward others may not change them, although it might, but our loving actions will change us. They will change our world. And here's the most important part of this whole scenario. As we read there in Matthew 25, when we act in love toward our neighbor, we have acted in love toward God. I love you with the love of my Lord. I love you with the love of my Lord. I can see in you the glory of my King. And I love you with the love of my Lord. How will I do that? By the way I act toward you? By what I do for you? But what I give to you, my time, my stuff, my energy, my forgiveness, my patience, my presence, my encouragement, my praise, my word, his word, 
If you want to change your world, love your neighbor. To do this, we need to change our heart. We're going to stand and sing, Change My Heart, O God. It'll be our hymn, song of dedication. As you sing it, think about your own heart. Think about how you deal with people. Ask God to help you to love them the way He loved you. Let's stand and sing. you truly change our hearts help us that we might truly love our neighbor as you have loved us not by what we feel but by what we do we ask it in your son's name amen god bless you have a great week